0: Hey folks, welcome to the House of Krause. I'm Richard Krause. You know, the last few weeks have been an embarrassment of riches around the old House of Krause. We've had Brian Cranston drop by. We've had all sorts of really interesting, fun people for you to talk to. Liev Schreiber has been here, all sorts of people. Uh, this week, it's been busy around here, so we're only offering up one interview, but what an interview it is. Have you ever wondered what it might be like to grow up with a really famous parent? Like, not only just like a little bit famous, but someone who's a legend. Someone whose music has touched millions of people for decade after decade after decade. Well, I had the chance to find out when I spoke with Alex and Roy Jr. Orbison. Of course, they are the sons of Roy Orbison, singer of Pretty Woman, and so many other songs that are indelibly stamped in your mind. If you were born after 1953, there's no way possible that you've gone through life without hearing, without memorizing, without hearing a cover of a Roy Orbison song. So I spoke to the guys about having Bob Dylan come to the house, John Lennon. What happens when you're the son of someone who everyone admires? Here's that interview. Tell me just a little bit about growing up uh in a household with uh one of the most famous musicians maybe of all time
1: all right royal start and then alex i'll finish
2: okay. yeah hey my name is roy orbison jr and uh well it's us say everything all the questions are deep there's no easy answers in this case um roy we have two older brothers uh, that died before we were born and uh, that changes uh, changes you so we were a second chance for Roy, and 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 you know, I didn't get the feeling. It's only in looking back that I go, oh, he must have. You know, that's he was there every time we came home. When he came home, he was there at the door, looking out the window. He drove us to school as much as possible, and and I think that's when you get a second chance. He he made up for some lost time with the other boys with us, and we got all that goodness.
1: Yeah, and uh, and then outside of our our tight knit uh, family group was you know people like bob dylan stopping by at you know and uh the middle of the night visits from uh from some of the coolest people in the world and uh as growing up as a child we didn't know anything else so for me it was more about these people as people and so you know you really uh only in looking back do you say oh wow you know that was uh that was wild times you know well
0: because i was going to ask the next question of course is what's it like to have bob dylan come by and visit but as you say he was just Another guy, a famous other guy, but that
2: was your world, right? It's even a little bit more embarrassing than that at this point, but it makes a funny story. I was playing uh, out in the back of the yard and a scary disheveled, person comes around, and I take off running, because we actually had, even though we kind of had guards and, and dogs and things, uh, fans still crept in sometimes, and if you were in the back in the pool area, you weren't supposed to be there, so no, so stranger danger. So I go running in, and I sl- slam the, the door, and I lock it, and I go, Mom, Mom, there's a scary man outside. She goes and looks, and of course, it's, it's Bob making an unexpected visit, and, uh, and that was probably the first time that I met him, was slamming the door in his face. Trying, thinking he was trying to, you know, break in the house. Um, uh, oh, it's wonderful, though. Um, it's wonderful. Uh, about um, what would I say? Uh, what's it like, Bob Dylan dropping by? Um,
0: or anyone, you know, just be, just the idea. Like, would Bob Dylan drop by, and would guitars come out automatically? Your dad, you guys play with them?
1: Uh, p- people would uh, people would come by. Yeah, Jeff Lynne, for instance, or or Bill Dees Would you know th- these people?
2: Yeah. or or you know John I don't know that John Lennon came to the house but uh, but Roy and John Lennon were pretty close at times um,
1: yeah, the, These people would come by the house and uh, and they would talk a little bit and they would have the introduction and get set up, you know, you hungry, you want something to drink and everyone would talk. And naturally they would move into the bar room, which was a room especially with big couches and uh, the acoustic guitars would come out and there was a piano in there as well. And so the songs would start and then they would go on for for you know an extended period of time. And uh, the really, really magic uh, situations like that.
0: Don't you wish there were iPhones back then? so you could have just recorded any like any of those notes?
1: Oh, uh,
2: those kind of moments I've had actually since then, you know, to see two or more members of Monty Python singing Only the Lonely and not have a recorder in the room, those kind of things haunt me. Uh, Roy was, uh, towards the end, he felt he, he regretted a little bit that he wasn't a little bit more openly musical. Music was everything. We had music in every instrument, but it wasn't quite like you'd imagine, like uh, just pulling out the... the you know that was work, and when he got home, he, so he didn't like to listen to music because he didn't want to accidentally. Uh, uh, you end up go you write the song again later. So, so he sometimes he he, he only listened to specific kind of music. Sometimes um, that's actually odd that he didn't listen to more music, um, and uh, and he had wished that we'd played more. But there would still be, and it's a fairly complicated question because you know people would fly from all the way over around the world and. And stay in our house four or five days and never see roy so you know he, he was a complicated character uh, but we had like i said whoever would happen to be popular at the time i mean and that that extended all the way past roy's um passing whoever was popular they would be at the house they, it was kind of a rite of passage so we and 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 as i said it wasn't just musicians it was anywhere we went you know um if, if roy was in toronto it would be the you know well, wherever he was, it was the most powerful person. So, if you're in a restaurant, the restaurant owner, or if you, and, and frequently it was uh, politicians or mafia or Hells Angels, and the real, real, the, whoever the fellow who started the Hells Angels, or the real, you know, real, and they'd come by and they'd uh, they, they would say amazing things. Roy was protected and things like that. It was, it was amazing to see. So, and he had had that experience the whole way through. So if he bought a car, it wasn't just a car. It was a prototype they sent out or Roy had the first red Ferrari in America, that kind of stuff, you know, and uh, and then Magnum PI comes out. and So it was all the way down the line, really fortunate, really blessed. And it wasn't so much just surrounded by musicians, but surrounded by talent. It didn't matter, you know, I mean, it could be Rocky Marciano or it could be um, uh, uh, from a range. If you were really good at what you did uh, and you were lucky, you would be around.
0: When was the moment If you remember when you realized that your life wasn't like everybody else's life or was there a moment
1: yeah um you know the growing up i I, our family was so different just as a family even you know that that our dad roy orbison was factored into our larger family we were separate unique but then you know i knew um you know that things were different but then, even when I was very young, I remember hearing that someone had gotten trampled trying to get into one of the shows, and there was an accident like that. And I remember thinking, "Oh, well, you know, it's different than I thought." Even more from a talented singer, there's a, there was, a, you know, sometimes crazy things happened, and, and that was a, that was one of those somber moments that you realize that things are really, really different.
2: And Roy Junior. For you, for me, I don't think I've even gotten it yet. Um, I, I. I it sounds funny, but I couldn't. I, I, the mathematics of it uh, didn't enter into my thinking, and so I just thought everybody's dad was that in their world. I mean, and the only people that we really knew were similar. You know, it was Johnny. We were kind of isolated, so I didn't do the math to think that not everyone is Johnny Cash and Roy Orbison you know even just the math of seeing one man and thousands watching i kind of thought in their respective areas that every and that sounds funny but i thought if someone was a plumber he's the king of plumbers and other plumbers all check out what he's doing and he so i never and even to this day uh, i've been i've been kind of insulated in a rock and roll bubble for my whole life and we still um, every you know everyone's dad is your hero and everyone laughs and cries and uh, so I think that the, you know, we were raised with humility and things. I, I never really felt any different. I just... Uh, we're, we're, still waiting.
1: we're still waiting for Roy's moment. Yeah. Which is great.
2: Well, I, was, I was always amazed at how much people loved him. You know, I, that, was, that was strange. I, uh, maybe here's one of them. Okay, there would be a moment that I realized that things are different for me. <clears throat> I'm 15, 16 years old, walking down the beach in Malibu with Roy. And there's these two beautiful girls, uh, about 17. Uh, just a little bit older than me, and they come, they're coming, and they're coming towards us, and once again, I'm only thinking for my adolescent, I'm thinking they're, they're coming over here. Gonna they come over, and they talk to Roy, and they get their picture, and Roy kisses him on the lips, two little 17-year-old girls, and then they, they didn't even look at me once, and they ran and they ran away down the beach, and I... I just thought, oh, I would, I, yeah. So I realized, I don't know how to complete that story, but somehow just being around their age group and he was an old guy and what did they even see in this and how would they even know who he is and why didn't they want to talk to me? I'm here and you want to go surfing. And uh, and so that uh, that sounds like a funny moment, but that one knocked me over for these 17-year-old girls to run past me and I was like in the same age group. I would have liked to have talked to them and they didn't say a thing. They didn't even notice me. And that was strange to see this old guy. He was was 50 years old and these 17 year old. And I thought, oh, this has been going on a long time.
0: (laughs) I enjoyed talking to those guys. That's Alex and Roy Jr. Orbison. They are not just musicians and Roy Jr is one of Nashville's most eligible bachelors, apparently, according to the internet. They're also filmmakers, and they've made a movie called Mystery Girl Unraveled. Mystery Girl Unraveled is a look at that slice of time in Roy Orbison's life when he was making his last CD, his last album called Mystery Girl. The guys are in it, but so is Jeff Lynn and Tom Petty and everybody else. There's footage you have never seen before. There is amazing footage of Roy Orbison singing in a studio and you get a sense of how operatic and how beautiful that voice really was, as if you didn't already know. My thanks to Alex and Roy Jr. for stopping by, but most of all, my thanks to you for coming by week after week. We put a new show up every Monday from the House of Krause and you know, we'd like for you to keep coming back, to keep dropping by because you'll never know who else will stop by for a visit.